This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a show where we discuss how to navigate the highs and lows of the human condition. Each week, we address a new topic, and we see that there are two choices we can make. We can lower the bar, go with the flow, and react to what the world throws at us, or we can be proactive, deciding in advance how we want to live, and in essence, rise above the human condition. We hope the discussion today is just what you need for the week ahead. Hello, and welcome back to the Transcend Human podcast. Good to be with you. It is November 1st, 2021, and this is going to be an interesting episode. So, Last week, we finished up our series called Transcendent Parenting, or at least we thought we did. Uh, We sat around with our kids and we did what we called a ruthless parenting assessment. Really, what we wanted to do is figure out if our kids believed any of the stuff that we talked about during the series. Um, And not only believed it, but if they thought we actually followed through on any of that. And if it was helpful, if it worked, if it didn't work, that sort of thing. So we thought we were done. But then uh, Tammy and I decided we would do one more episode. So we're going to call this bonus episode, What Fell Through the Cracks. Um, Because there were just, there were some questions, there were some things that we thought we should talk through. um, Things that we missed, things that maybe we didn't say the way we wanted to say. And after talking through some of those things, we just decided, yeah, I think there's enough here to do a bonus episode. So that's what we're doing here today. So let's welcome Tammy back to the show. Here I am, one last time. One last time. That's Episode not true. Episode 11. That's not true. We're going to get you on here. You think? In the future. I, I know it. <laughs> we are. We'll see. We are. All right. So for Minute of Transparency this week, I thought it would just be fun to talk about the series and what it was like to do the series. So... Let's just start with that. What what was your take on the parenting series, doing the episodes together, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was fun. Uh, it was, I think it was fun to do it like with you and uh, to just sit down and talk about things. I mean, my favorite episode for sure was the episode with the kids. So that was like, yeah, that was super fun for me to sit and listen to them and laugh and then to even go back and listen to it. So I've gone back and listened to all of the episodes, you know, like as they've released and some stuff you're like, I totally forgot. I said that like, wow, that was crazy. And the, I think the funny, the other funny thing to me is we record, I think we talked about this, but we recorded these so long ago because we knew there was no way we could record and keep up like week by week. week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we recorded so long ago that as, I would go back and listen to them and I'd be talking about certain things. I was like, oh, well, that's not the case anymore. Like, you know, Tyler's not 16, he's 17 now, or we don't have all of our family at home. We have two girls that are gone. Like, so it was that piece of it was a little interesting uh, because it just, it felt different because it was so long ago that we recorded. So, right, right. Yeah. But I think that was the piece probably that was probably the hardest, I would say. I don't know. I don't know what you would say if you would agree, but just finding the time to sit down because Daryl has a very, those of you who know him will not be shocked by this, but he has a very set routine 
as to how he does his podcasting and when he does it. And it's very early in the morning. He gets up before everybody else and he does it. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Just an FYI. So you're not going to get me up at 6am. You're nobody's going to want to hear from me at 6am. So, um, so I knew we couldn't do that. So that leaves us to only do it when we don't have people in the house, because that's another thing he's very particular about is nobody can be around. Nobody can be making noise. It needs to be very quiet. It needs to be very polished. So, well, and not even not even polished. It's just with these microphones, they're they're built in such a way as to, you know, to pick up everything. Yeah. So that's why people have studios and, you know, they like go in a room that has foam all over the, the walls and they do that. You know, that's where they do their their episodes and things like that. So so I'm not that bad. But yeah, I mean, you have to close the windows because especially in the morning, I'll be trying to record something in the morning and you have people out front with their weed whackers, you know, mm-hmm. going off at 730 in the morning. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. But yeah, that's my routine. You know, when I, when we're not doing a series or something like that, that's my routine is to get up early to write during the week and to record. But yeah, I, I knew that wasn't going to happen with this series. So it was unique because mm-hmm. I think there were times when we would do like a couple episodes in a row like mm-hmm. at one time like let's just knock these two out mm-hmm. um that sort of thing and then we got like a bunch done and then kind of had a break for a while because we just didn't have time you know you'd like there's right. not like there's always somebody around there's always somebody at home or you we don't have a couple of hours where it's just the two of us you know somebody's gonna be walking in the door at any moment mm-hmm. and so yeah. that plus was there were a weekend there was a weekend when you were traveling then yep. there was a weekend when i was traveling, we traveling. so you just mm-hmm. have to fit it in yeah yeah. But the other interesting piece too is just our style. So <laughs> my style is much different. You know, uh, for other episodes, I'll sit and I'll write throughout the week and I'll basically write out everything I want to say, all the content. And so very content heavy um, episodes. And you are much more wanting to just sit down and have a conversation. So how do you feel like that balanced out doing the series? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it ended up by the end balancing out and the beginning. If you go, we go back and probably listen to like the very beginning ones, it probably feels a little more like, yeah, a little, I don't know the right word. Just, just awkward. Awkward. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Um, because I, yeah, I don't sit, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to sit and write a bunch of content. Give me, give me bullet points and maybe a few things to say and then just let me talk. But I'm like that in everything. I don't, if I need to give up and if I need to get up in front of people and talk to people about something. I'm not going to write it all out. I literally am going to give myself bullet points and I'm going to talk. But one of the, especially if it's something that I'm passionate about, like it, I don't, I don't need to write it all out if I'm passionate about it. Yeah. But one of the things that I did find at the very beginning was, I think I talked to you guys about this a little bit. I, I, maybe on my social media, I made some comment about it, about the fact that I found myself using fillers a lot, like the word like, and, um, and so, and those types of things. And <laughs> Yeah. So it was one of those things that I was like, well, maybe if I had written it out and I was just reading it, I wouldn't have used those fillers because at the very beginning I was using them all the time, but I've been trying to get better with it. So I don't know. What did you think? How was it? How is it for you? Because this is your thing. Like I just got invited in and so I got invited in and had a very different style. And here's, here's another little inside tip for you guys. I, we always used to laugh about this. Maybe Gerald doesn't want you to tell, want me to tell you guys this, but too late. I know here it comes, here it comes. 
We would literally sit down and get ready to record and he would get so nervous. I'm like, dude, you're just sitting here with me. What's the, what is the difference? But he would literally start to sweat, get super nervous. And it, it definitely got like, I mean, that was only like that for maybe the first four or five. And then it kind of started. It wasn't as bad, but I used to laugh at him all the time. I was like, you would think you're sitting down with like a movie star or something. So I was. I was. <laughs> No, so, I think the I think the nervousness came from that whole concept of I do it one way and you do it another. Yeah. And it was always nerve wracking because I I felt bad because I had written out all this content, but I knew that's not what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying in my head to how do how do I get content in there, but at the same time keep it very just relational, conversational, and just have it flow like that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it just took a few times. And once we kind of got in the hang of things, then it, it worked much better. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I'm doing when I'm doing the podcast by myself, it's very easy to do a bunch of research ahead of time and, mm-hmm. you know, write stuff out. And then I try I try not to just read it word for word, but I do a lot of times when there's like, you know, bullet lists mm-hmm. of content I'm trying to get across, then yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. So. It's that whole conversation, right, about is it Are you sitting down and just having a convert? It's the difference between are you sitting down and just having a conversation or are we trying to get content across? And I think that's probably where it's like at some points we have to get, we want to get content across, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want there to be some very specific things that hopefully you guys hear from us, but we also know. And one of the things that I think we're a little different in is you like things that are pretty heavy content. I'm more of a conversation. So when I'm listening to podcasts, when I go listen to a message, a sermon series at church, what I'm going to walk away remembering is the stories you told me. That's what I'm going to walk away. I may not remember the points you gave me. You could have given them to me 10 hundred times and I may not remember them. But if you tell me a story, I'm going to walk away and remember the story. And you're different that way. You're going to remember the points and the story might stick with you. So I think that it's just the difference between the two of us, right? Yeah. And some of it is just the difference in like what, like what is my podcast meant for yeah right and and i think when i first envisioned doing the podcast it was very content heavy because i had a lot of content i had a lot Mm -hmm. of ideas that were fleshed out and i wanted to get those ideas across and since it's just me recording myself it could easily be that way sure very content heavy so but then you're right the minute you start doing it with a co-host and you're like having conversations, then it's like, it doesn't feel like it makes sense as much to just read content. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, I think we figured it out and worked through it. So. Hey, we're 11 episodes in. I know. (laughs) And done. And no, I'm going to, well, yes, done on the parenting series, but you will be back. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. I've even tried to, get my daughter one of my daughters to uh do an episode with me but she hasn't got back with me on that she's yet. gonna do it you just have to bother her <laughs> just bother her enough you huh? just have to bugger got it okay well let's set the stage then kind of for why we're doing this this episode so like i said we've we finished up the transcendent parenting series and like tammy said as we would go and listen to some of the episodes after they've been posted we just started seeing holes and cracks and like, oh, we should have said it this way. We should have said it that way. Or, or why did we spend so much time focused on, you know, on our marriage, on our family, mm-hmm. where when there's lots of different types of families. So so that's really the the idea behind this episode. And as you see, we'll kind of walk through a number of different areas where 
um, we felt like an episode would be able to handle our explanations on that, that sort of thing. So, so today's topic, what fell through the cracks, um, section one, missing the mark, section two, addressing the messy, three is what we learned from our kids, and then four, we're just going to encourage you as we kind of wrap things up. So number one, missing the mark. So like I said, we started listening to the podcast episodes and we immediately found things that were like, oh, we shouldn't have said it that way. Or, oh, we, you know, we really missed injecting that into the episode. So I kind of came up with four areas where, or three areas where we kind of saw, saw this play out, right? So number one is the various stages of life represented. So I don't know how best to describe that other than we focused on kind of the the fairy tale marriage between a male and a female. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just very traditional, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess in part because we were living that, like we're we're living that right form of, or that style of a marriage. Um, but we also know that that's not just everyone's story, right? So what do you like? What did you think when you kind of started listening back and, and you heard some of that, her hearing us talk that way? And Yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, one of the things we knew when we did this is we're, we're kind of going in talking about a very specific thing. We're talking about people with kids, right? Yeah. You know, it's a parenting series. But I think the other piece of that, so it's like you're, you're intrinsically leaving out single people that don't have kids. You're leaving out dating couples who don't have kids. You're leaving out people who just got married that don't have kids, you know, or even married couples without kids. I mean, we know people, we have friends that are married and don't have kids and don't ever intend on having kids. Mm -hmm. So intrinsically it's a parenting podcast. So that's what we're going to focus on because we, we are parents. We we've done that. Right. So, but I think it's definitely, and I, and I feel like we mentioned it at one point that even if you even if you don't have your own kids, I am sure you have kids in your life somewhere, right? Yeah, Whether it's nephews yeah, or right. Your best friend's kids. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, it, it's just all over your neighbor, kids, whatever it might be, uh, your best friends. Like, I think I said your best friend's kids. So yeah. So there are kids somewhere in your life, uh, that cousins that you have, whatever that have been, that you're a part of their lives. And so I think you could take pieces of this. It's not all going to be exact because you're not their parent. So you're going to play a different role for sure. And even when I think about, and I don't know where we'll talk about this, maybe it'll get brought up a little bit later down the line, but we've had two bonus kids in our house for mm -hmm. the last two weeks. You know, we haven't talked to you guys uh, in a while because we haven't been on here. Cause again, everything was kind of recorded ahead of time, but you know, our life has been drastically different the last two weeks. And because we had two, we had two kids with us that we call bonus kids that they're not ours. They don't belong to us, but they were in our life for two weeks. And so we kind of took on the parenting role because mm -hmm. they were here with us. We were doing the normal daily things that uh, a parent would be doing with them. So, yeah, I think that was two weeks ago in, in podcast weeks. <laughs> Yeah, we talked about I think the episode was the afterlife and we talked about yeah. safe families and fostering and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, so that I mean, I think we recorded that episode quite a while ago. Yeah. It feels like it's been a while yeah. anyway. I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, so we had them for the last two weeks. And yeah, so we definitely didn't we didn't hit on all the various stages of life. 
But again, I think you can take pieces of it and you can, you can find wherever you're at, whatever your role is with the kids in your life, with the teens in your life, with the young adult, even if it's young adults in your life, we all are still being parented somewhere along the line, right? And we all kind of still want in different ways. I mean, but we all kind of are still doing that. So sorry, we left some people out. But again, I think you you could take pieces of it and and work with it. Yeah. And on some level, I mean, like, you know, if if there were singles listening to the to the last 10 episodes or 11 mm-hmm. episodes, you know, take it or take it for what it's worth, right? Mm-hmm. You know, someday you may be in that situation or you may not. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. So, right. Right. Yeah. all right. So that was stages of life. And then um, we made some stereotypical or all or, all or nothing statements throughout the um, <laughs> throughout the podcast. Not not a lot. But I think, you know, as we would listen to the episodes, there were things that just stood out like, oh, my word, did we really say that? Hmm. And that came across really dogmatically. So um one there there's a couple I'll I'll talk about but the first one is the whole concept of divorce not being an option and we kind of threw that out in the first episode when we talked about marriage having a strong marriage and stuff like that and i mean we threw it out i think almost as if it's like oh this needs to be the rule and it's just the way it should be and everyone should should have this conversation and um yeah we probably need to just clarify what we meant by that <laughs> yeah I mean, obviously, I hope that people go into marriage and their plan is, is that this is the person, but mm-hmm. we're also not naive and we're not stupid, right? We we understand that it takes two people to make that a priority. And even saying that, there are things that happen, that mm-hmm. life happens and People make choices and I can't, I'm not responsible for Daryl's choices. So I know what I can decide and what I can do, but I ultimately don't have control over what his decisions are and what he decides to do. So it seems really easy to say, well, divorce isn't an option. And I think for us, it was just one of those things because of our family situations and an agreement I had made with myself. But I think the bigger thing for us was it's not... When we have hard times, which we have had, when we get in arguments and we get it, we get really frustrated with each other and it's two days and we haven't talked to each other. And I mean, all those things happen. (laughs) Like it were not, it's not like, oh, because we've said this, none of those things have happened. We're not going to, we're not going to let our brains go to, well, maybe I just need to get out. Right. Like that's, it's not, so I think when we say divorce wasn't an option, it's like in our brains, it's not an option. It's, it wasn't like, it wasn't an out for us. It wasn't like, well, this isn't what I thought it would be. So I'm sure there's somebody better. I'm going to get out or I'm not as happy as I thought it would be. And so I'm going to get out. But I don't think we probably ever looked at each other and said, if you decide that you're going to go cheat you're going to go find somebody else and you're going to live with them and live with me that we would stay married. The answer would have been like, you're out of your brains. Like you're leaving, we're done. (laughs) So, you know, so it's, I think there's that difference, right? Like there are some things that would be automatic and I'm not saying automatic because I think we both believe like we would try, we would go to counseling, we would do some things, but I mean, I, I have always told my kids and I had told Daryl, I'm like, you ever like, And he never, I mean, this was never even something that was even something that he ever even came close to. But I'm like, if anybody ever laid a hand on me, you would be done. 
There would be no questions. There would be no counseling. You would be done. You would be moving out of my house immediately. Um, so there are some things in my brain that are automatics for me. I don't know. Maybe you have those things. Like maybe for you, it would have been like, well, if you would have ever done this, the relationship would have been over. So, but I think it was just more of a like, it's not, it's not a place we're going to let our brains go in the day in and day out frustrations of life and irritation with each other. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's a good clarification that it's just, it was more of a, we kind of looked at the way the world functioned and maybe even kind of situations in our family. Mm -hmm. And it, it just seemed like it was the easy, it was the easy out mm -hmm. just for, just for irreconcilable differences. Right. right. Just for right. like, Oh yeah, we just don't, I don't think we love each other anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. So we kind of made that commitment that way mm -hmm. versus, you know, talking through the big things where it's like, yeah, obviously there are things that you just can't, you're just not going to live in a house where you're being assaulted, right. obviously things right. like that. So, right. but yeah. Yeah. So we just, we just don't want it to come across as that we had some magic wand and that we were right. able just to say, Oh yeah, we're not going to get a divorce. And so because we had this magic wand, we have this perfect marriage and everything's going to work out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. No magic wand here, people. No, <laughs> no magic no easy wand. Button. No. So then, like I said, there's probably other things that we said that, you know, we cringe as we listen to it uh, a second time. But um, another statement, I think I made this one somewhere in the middle of the series. I said, parenting is a high calling that we've all been called to, which is not true. <laughs> we haven't all been called to parent. Um, I think, you know, that statement probably makes sense if we're all in a room with other people who have kids and we're all, you know, we've all already decided that in advance that we wanted kids and we have kids. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, it makes sense to say, yeah, parenting is a high calling that we're called to, but you know, don't want you to get the feeling that we think that parenting is like the ultimate that you mm -hmm. have to become a parent. And mm -hmm. if you don't, that there's something wrong or that, you know, parenting is a high calling if it's what you have chosen to do with your life. So mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely. Like that. And some people will never have kids, but they're still involved in kids lives. Like, I mean, I know some people that are teachers and they have kids. Mm, true. <laughs> I mean, they have 30 of them every day. So, but they've chosen not to have their own kids. Right. So you're That's actually crazy to think. Yeah. I, I know two or three people who they're teachers, but chose not to have kids of their own. Yeah. yeah. Which makes total sense to me because you're literally around them all day long. Right. I can't imagine going home and having to be a parent again right all night long right so. so even if yeah I mean obviously I agree 100% like some people don't want kids and that is awesome and amazing and not everybody is made to have kids I think I mean I think for some people that is just that I just don't want I don't want that in my life and that is your total decision and like I love that mm -hmm. but my guess is is that there's some interaction with kids somewhere in your life again, right? Like when we go back to right. the very beginning of like somewhere you're interacting along the way. And so, um, but yeah, if that, if that makes sense that it's like, no, we don't want you to think that it's meant for everybody because it isn't for sure. True. True. All right. Then the last section was, you know, we talked about that we kind of missed the various stages of life, but then we also kind of, focused on a intact, somewhat healthy marriage 
you know, that isn't messy, even though it is messy. But, you know, when you when you think about the messiness that exists in, in our culture everywhere and how, you know, everyone has messiness in their life and in their mm-hmm. marriages and in their in their parenting, you know, we I think we kept a little too focused on on the traditional and not expand to the fact that there's so many different scenarios mm-hmm. in life. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you know, we can just list off things like teenage moms, single parents, divorced parents, blended families, grandparents raising their kids, you know, gra- or grandparents raising grandkids, actually. Um, you know, there's kinship families, there's LGBTQ plus parenting. So, so many different scenarios that we didn't really touch on, you know, as we were kind of walking through the other episodes. So, I know. You feel that way too? Yeah, for we, sure. We missed out on all oh, that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I don't know why we, yeah, I, I think we were just so focused probably because we, at the very beginning, we were just like, we haven't done this before and we're trying to figure out and we're just talking out of experience. And I mean, I can literally remember listening to a couple of the first episodes and just being like, holy cow, like we, there's so much that we missed. And, and I was a little frustrated with myself because I'm like, I, like part of what we missed was what I grew up with. I'm like, how, why did we not, why didn't we talk about that? Why didn't I talk about that? But I, again, I think it, we were just so kind of, I don't know, we just had like this narrow focus and we were just trying to figure out how to make it work. And I think we kind of got caught up in some of that, that I just, yeah, I don't know. We just left some groups out. Yeah. It's kind of a, it's kind of just tunnel vision, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because we, obviously we were speaking from our experience because that's what we know the most. And our experience has been more traditional and, uh, but yet our, our, tradition has started with us mm-hmm. and having kids so mm-hmm. we're just kind of focused on us and our kids mm-hmm. without even looking back to extended family and things we grew up with and all of that so mm-hmm. so yeah it, it is good to kind of address that here for sure so um having said that number two addressing the messy so we wanted to just kind of dive into some of that um some of those situations and just talk through it so Obviously, teen parents, we we weren't teen parents, but we know that there's many out there and we can't imagine how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you have kids and you're still in high school, or you're just out of high school and you're, you know, you're young. It's like life is life is all of a sudden gone from zero to 60 if you have kids and and figuring that out. And so that's, you know, that's got to be difficult. And I would say that even though we didn't really touch on that obviously the parenting things that we talked about are still helpful for that group of people, for that population. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my guess is I, I haven't done research on this. I did a little bit of research on some other stuff, but my guess is that a lot of teen parents probably also fall into the single parents um, category. Mm. And so I don't know. I think when I, I think about it, there's just so, I mean, as a teen, you're still growing and developing yourself, right? Like you're still trying to figure out, not that us adults haven't figured out who we are because we're still figuring that out. But I think I talked to you guys maybe back in stages a little bit about like teens brains aren't fully developed until they're, you know, in their early to mid twenties. And so, you know, you think about you have a, you have a kid and you're only 18 or 19 or 17 or, you know, even early twenties. And it's just going to be more difficult. I mean, my mom, my mom was only 19 when she, my parents were only 19 when they had me. And so, you know, I think back to that and think about like, I just can't imagine 
how your life changes. You know, you go from life being completely focused on you as it is with all of us when we first have kids. But when you're a teen, it's so focused on you. I mean, that's just, it's how it's supposed to be, right? Like that's norm. Yeah. And you just have the weird stage of life where you're in school, like school schedules versus mm-hmm. like a hardcore work schedule. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, life is just so different. Yeah. And you throw in too, like just what society thinks about you, right? Like mm. the, what people look at you and automatically in their brain where people go. And I'm sorry that that's how our society, how, if you're listening, how people might view you, it's not right. And it's not fair, but unfortunately that's just what we do in this world. Um, so you add that piece in too of like, Oh, well, yeah, I see you really screwed up or, you know, you're not, you're, you're, they just assume you can't be a good parent because of your age, which is absolutely isn't true. I know some amazing parents who started out as teen parents and they've kind of grown up with their kids. And I actually think there probably can be something to say, just like I think it's kind of the same with single parents that sometimes you'll see a completely different bond between a kid and a parent Mm -hmm. when uh, it's been a teen, it was a teen parent raising or a single parent raising. It's just, it's a stronger, I think, deeper bond because it's been you, the two of you against the world, right? You know, it's it's been you guys like together, we're going to make this work. We're going to push through all of our hardships. Uh, and it just creates, I think, a different bond sometimes. So I don't know. What do you think? True. Yeah. When I think about, I mean, like you said, in our culture, when we see a young, young person with a kid, I think your immediate thought is the mistake, right? It was a mistake. Right. But the crazy thing is it's it's only recently that we've really pushed having kids so late in life mm-hmm. because because of the educational system, because of college, because of people wanting to get out and make their millions before they have kids, it's just gotten later and later and later. Mm-hmm. So when you look back, like even, you know, like in, in Bible times, like the Israelites and, and that culture, and even, you know, hundreds of years after that, I think had, you know, they started that process super young. Mm-hmm. I mean, the minute you, the minute you were able to have kids at 12 or 13, they were already thinking about, you know, getting married and having kids and all that kind of stuff. So, so it's really us that's kind of pushed that, yeah, pushed that bubble so yeah. far into adulthood. I mean, I think that's interesting that you bring that up about like thinking, like automatically thinking that it's a mistake. Because like I said, I grew up in a home where my mom and dad were very young when they had me. And I mean, I'm not a mistake. I know that, but right. Mm-hmm. Like back in those years, you knew that the plan was not to have me like that was, they weren't married that that was not the goal. Like when you and I got married, we decided we're having kids and we're starting and we're trying and that is the goal. And I knew that was not the goal for me. I knew that it was a quote unquote mistake. Right. So, I mean, I can remember like being a teenager and thinking about that and like, you know, just being like, technically like they didn't really want me. It really wasn't something that they had planned for or hoped for and maybe later on in their life, but you know, and then they ended up getting divorced. And so then you're like, you know, I think every kid goes through that thought when you know that you've been born to teen parents of like, I really wasn't necessarily, I wasn't planned for, I wasn't wanted. Right. Um, but yeah, I think for me, it just kind of turns back into like, well, maybe that wasn't their plan, but here I am. And, you know, we've made the best of it. And then obviously if you're, once you're a believer and you're a Christian, then, you know, like, there, that was the plan, right? Like, you know, God knew God, that was God's plan all along. Um, so 
it just was one of the, it, it's just, it's that wrestling, I think that probably happens for, so, you know, the funny thing is, is we have a lot of teenagers listening to this podcast, which I don't think you and I ever thought would probably happen, but a lot of our yeah, friends, sure. yeah, a lot of our kids' friends are listening to the podcast, which is hysterical to me. But so I think I would just say if there's anybody listening that you've thought that in your head, I think it's a very normal, it's a very normal thought process that we all have, but it's not the truth. It's there, there is a plan for you. There's always been a plan for you. This world needs you as much as it needs everybody else who tech, you know, who again, quote unquote was planned. Um, but it, it is, it's definitely one of those things that we all think about if you were born to a teen parent. So, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, it's an interesting population and um, we didn't spend enough time talking about it really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's talk single parents because that, I mean, obviously kind of, like you said, teen parenting can oftentimes be single mm -hmm. parents or, mm -hmm. you know, with the divorce rate, the way it is mm -hmm. in this country, mm -hmm. there's a lot of single parents. So yeah, I mean, one of the things I looked up was basically a quarter of the kids right now in the U.S. are living in a single parent home. So, I mean, you think about that, like think about, you know, a situation you're in where you're, you know, think about a school, think about a high school, right? And you think about a high school has four grades, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. One of those entire grades is living in a single parent home. So... Uh, that it's a big population of kids, you know, it's a, yeah. it's a big population of parents that, and it, this could be a middle stage for people. It could be like, well, we were married and now we're living in a single parent home. Right. Um, and maybe, you know, parents get remarried. So it's kind of that middle phase, or it could be that's, I mean, I have several friends that they have been single. They have been single moms. They've raised their kids, uh, by choice or by, um, situation, just things that happened. Mm -hmm. They never really had a mom and dad living together. Their kids didn't. It's always been a single mom or a single dad that's been raising them. So, and I just, I mean, there's been so many times that I'm like, I just, I mean, I, I props, like total props to single parents. So, mm -hmm. so many times that you're like, I just don't know how, I mean, you understand how you do it because when push comes to shove, you love your kids enough that you're just going to do it. You're going to make it work. It doesn't matter. You'll do whatever it takes. Right. So like that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing to me. Uh, and I, my mom was one of those people for a while. So I lived in a single parent home for a while as well. Right. So, but I, we, I think we can all sit back, even those of us who aren't in that situation and haven't been a single parent, we can all sit back and, and know how hard it is. And I think, think about, you know, even in situations where it's like when you were living in California and I was still back in Indiana, I mean, I was basically a single parent for six months, you mm -hmm. know, and it, it's, it's a crazy thing. I mean, you do, you just jump into it and you make it work. And, uh, but things change as you're doing that. Right. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. So it, these, I would say that these, a lot of what we talked about definitely still applies and there's things that you can pull out of it. But I think we just wanted to hit on it because there's just so many kids and parents that are parenting this way. And so you're playing the role of all of it. You're doing everything. You're, you know, when you would normally have another parent that may be like the head in your, or the voice in your head that's like, hey, that was a little harsh. Hey, I think we talked about that, right? Like, why did you say it that way? Or you need to be a little more careful in this situation. You are all, you're trying to do all of that yourself, 
you know? Mm -hmm. And unless you have those people, I think what I would say to single parents is put people around you, have a support system, find people that will support you and that will guide you. And that will be when you're like, I need a break because you're going to need a break and you should get a break. Find those people in your life that you can be like, Hey, can you take my kids for the weekend? Hey, can you take my kids for the night? Can you pick them up from school today? You know, have those people in your life. And some single parents, I think, have great support systems. They have beautiful support systems. You know, there's grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and best friends and coworkers and like all of that stuff around. And, but there's a lot of single parents that don't have those support systems. And that's, I think, where my heart breaks the most because that has to be so incredibly hard. Like to know that it is ultimately just you and there's nobody else to depend on. You know? Yeah, and if you're if you're getting to the point where you're stretched too thin and mm-hmm. you're like almost at your wit's end, but there is no end, like you like you don't see like a weekend coming when you know that you're gonna get right. a break or anything. It's just right. just keeps going. Right. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we just want to say to you guys, like, we see you and we appreciate you and we hope some of this stuff was helpful and again put people around you that can be that support system. And if you don't have that, I think almost every community has those options for you. So figure out, I mean, I think we'll talk about this a little later down. Um, but you know, one we talked I just said a few minutes ago, right. That we had two girls in our house for the last two weeks and we got those two girls, uh, we got them gosh, back in like January of 2020 through a program called safe families. And we talked about safe families, what, two couple weeks ago. Right. We talked about that. And that really is, that's the purpose of Safe Families is to be a support system for mostly single parents, right? Because if you're living in a, if if you're with two parents, if something happens to one parent, the other parent can be that. So it's a built-in support system that you have, right? But mm-hmm. uh, Safe Families is really a program that is for those single parents who have, do not have a support system. They have really nobody else to help them. And so we had these two girls back in January we had never met them. They came into our home and it's a single mom raising two girls and we've stayed in contact with them since then. And they've kind of become a part of our house, a part of our kids. They've just, they just, they belong with us. They belong to us. It's kind of how we feel. But mom had a situation. She had to have surgery. And so she called and was like, Hey, I need some support. Can you take my girls for a couple of weeks? And if it wouldn't have been us, to be honest, I don't know what she would have done because she doesn't have anybody else in her life for those girls to go with, you know? So my guess is they would have missed a couple of weeks of school. They would have been sitting in their uh, place by them, you know, on their own with mom sleeping a majority of the time and not really able to take care of most of their needs for them. So, you know, they were able to come with us and we got them to school every day and they did their homework and they just kind of continued to get to live a normal life with us in a different house, but getting um, to continue to do their normal thing and we got to be that support system for mom for a few weeks. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's what I would say about single parents is just it's how important that support system is. So. Right. Now, I have deport, divorced parents on here, but that's really, I mean, we've kind of talked about that as almost like a an interim thing between, you know, being single, being a single parent or being a blended family at some point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. let's just kind of skip through that one and go to mm-hmm. blended families. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I think part, one of the reasons that, I mean, it was you and I listening back to our podcast and being like, oh my gosh, wow, there were some things. And then it was also some conversations we had with some people. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
and, and us realizing the like, like, wow, we didn't talk. We mentioned our past. We talked a little bit about where we came from and the situations that we came from, but we didn't really focus on them. And I think part of it was just because we're like, well, we're just moving through these episodes and we have things to say about parenting. But, you know, again, when I did a little bit of research, like 60% of families are blended right now. So so, and we've, we've talked about that, that like the divorce rate, right, is 50% somewhere around there nationally, but in California and Southern California, the divorce rate is what, is it like 70, 60 yeah, or 70? Closer to 70. 70%. Yeah. So come on, you guys, like there's a lot of kids living with divorced parents, right? Which means they're probably single parents or there's girlfriends or boyfriends involved, significant others involved, but blend, blend living in blended families as well, because I grew again, I grew up in a situation where my parents got divorced and they both got remarried. So I was living in a blended family. Uh, and that, so I had that experience, but again, we just didn't talk a whole lot about it, but then we also had somebody come to us and just say, Hey, I've been listening to your guys' podcast. And, um, this person that we were talking to, um, is living in a blended family right now. And it's, is struggling is really struggling. And just was like, I just, you know, you guys talked a lot about marriage and about how your marriage comes first before your kids and that that's how it's supposed to be. But this person is struggling because of the situation she's in. She's the, they're not feeling seen. They're not there. There's just, they feel like there's kind of this little bit of a disconnect. And I think it broke both of our hearts and made me realize like, wow, I felt that same way. And I think I had the conversation with this person. I was like, I felt that same way. I know exactly how you're feeling. But I think one of the things we didn't touch on and we don't, I mean, ultimately we don't have the answers, right? I think we're just trying, I'm thinking through the lens of like, what is best for kids? Like that's always my lens. What is best for kids? What is best for kids? It's not about me. It's not about what is best for me necessarily. I mean, at some point in my life, yes, because my kids are not going to be with me forever. But while my kids are in my home, what is best for my kids? What is best for my kids? Um, and yeah, so we just didn't, we didn't spend a whole lot of time on that. And I don't think I even talked about what it was like for me growing up in a blended family and how I felt in that situation and how my parents handled it, how it was different, how every family situation is a little bit different, but, but kind of how that was. So I think, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know how much we kind of want to go into this, but I think I can probably tell a little bit of my story. Cause I think it's probably the story that most kids, I would say, probably feel that are living in a blended family. And I know several, I mean, we know many, many blended families and some of them are doing beautiful jobs and they're trying their hardest. And you guys, it is not easy work. It is, I mean, you are taking, I mean, marriage is hard, right? So let's start there. (laughs) Marriage is hard. So you're taking two people who've already been married once and who are divorced and you're putting those two people together, the husband and the wife together, and they're trying to figure out their crap. And I mean, we also all know statistically that if you've had one failed marriage, the chances of your second marriage failing are even higher than your first, than having that first marriage, right? And in divorce. So though I know a ton of people in my life that that has not been the case for them. So it, that is, does not always happen for sure. But so you're, you're taking those two adults and putting them together. And now you're taking kids from your marriage and bringing them into this marriage, right? So my situation, so I'm just going to use my situation. Otherwise it can get super complicated in people's heads. So I had a mom and dad, they divorced. Um, my, my mom got remarried first. I was trying to think they were, it happened all very close together. So my mom got remarried first. 
my stepdad did not bring any kids from a previous relationship into the marriage. So when they got married, it was me and the two of them. They then though had my brother. Um, so my, my brother is technically not my, my full biological brother. He's my half brother, right? So he half my mom belongs to him and I share a mom, but we have different dads. So that's that situation. Then you have my dad's side where my dad got remarried. And when he got remarried to my stepmom, he, she brought in a daughter from her first marriage. So they get married and it's me and it's her coming into this marriage together, right? So, so I have a stepsister now, somebody that's older than me that I didn't know that's coming into my life with this lady, her mom, that's coming into my life and they've been living their life, right? They have their own schedules and their own values and principles and all of that kind of stuff. And they're coming in and she's also like my stepsister has her own dad on the other side of it. So then, so then you have that. And then you, then my dad and stepmom have two of their own kids. So now I have three half siblings. I have one step sibling. So you can see like how complicated it gets pretty fast, right? So not just complicated of like trying to figure it all out in your head of like who belongs to who and what are the terms? I mean, I can remember literally having conversations with my friends who grew up in typical, normal, a mom and a dad their whole life. And they would literally get so, I mean, I think even you did, you would get so confused at the very beginning, like who belongs where and how do they mesh and why half and why is that person a step? And like, you know, and the grandparents, like who, whose grandparents are those? Or is that like your dad's side or is that your stepmom's side? And, and then you add in, if your mom and dad have come from divorced homes, I mean, just like that hadn't been my case, but just think of that. Like if they had come from divorced homes, but anyways, it can get like super complicated. But so as the kid who is like the kid who came from the mom and the dad who are now no longer together and they're blending family and we're all blending families kind of sort of, right? You can very, and this is what this person shared with us is like, you can very quickly feel left out. And I was the only one. So I didn't have another like full brother or sister. So it was just me. And you can very quickly feel like I don't belong in this family, even though that's the family that like, so I lived basically with my mom. Like that was, that was my house all the time. That's the house I was in. I was with my dad like every other weekend, but you can very quickly be like, okay, well they've blended their life together and they now have this kid between the two of them that is like their focus and they're like their person, right? That's between the two of them. So I don't really fit there because I'm not from from the two of them. So then you go over to your dad's side of the family who you only see every other weekend anyways. And you've got a step, step sibling that, and I love her dearly now. Like we're super close now but man alive, we did not get along. We were pretty different people. And we had our moments. I mean, we would sit up and watch movies late at night together and we both loved to sleep in, but we also had our moments. Um, So you bring that in. So there's already this kid that's living there most of the time because she's living with her mom most of the time. So then I'm coming into that situation and then they have their own kids and you don't belong there either. So you very quickly start to feel very left out. Like, I don't belong here. I don't belong there. I have no place that I belong. And luckily for me, I had a mom um, who, and sorry, guys, I'm probably going to get a little emotional about this, but I had a mom who loved me well and um, who I was her focus. And um, I, like, she did her best to make me feel like I belonged. And we had lots of long conversations and 
she would constantly pull me in and she would stand up for me. And she, I, I think she could feel, you know, she was trying to hold on and she could kind of feel what I was feeling. Right. Um, and I wouldn't say my dad necessarily picked up on that, knew any of that or whatever. And my stepmom and I, we, at the end got along super, super well. We became very close, but we had our moments too, as well. Cause I was like, who are you? And you know, whatever, but you do, you just, so I had that situation, but I think there's a lot of kids living in that situation that if your mom has moved on and your dad has moved on and they have like, you know, they've like completely moved on. And it's like, I've met my person. I've met my people. It's like, okay, but where do I fit? Where do I belong? Do you still love me? Do you still see me? Like, and what if I don't get along with your new husband or your new wife? Right? Like, Right. What if what if those people don't like me and I don't like them? Where does that leave us? And again, I think I was semi lucky in that I had two step parents that I mean, it would be interesting now to ask them. But I mean, they loved me well, like my stepdad kind of did a kind of a hands off approach early. Like, I'm just going to kind of sit back and let your mom do all of this because I'm not really your dad. And I don't he I think I mean, kudos to him. He was trying super hard to not step on toes, right? Like I, I'm not your dad. Didn't want to be the bad guy. Right. I'm not your dad. I don't want you to think I'm your dad. So he was trying to play that part. He had never been married before. So he didn't, I don't think even hadn't had a kid before. So he didn't really know. And he was trying to just do his best to be like, I don't want to take a role of somebody that you already have in your life. So I don't even remember now where I was going with that, but but anyways, so, but I, oh, I think what I was saying was I got along with them. Like there wasn't this, like I hated them and they hated me. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this tension of like, I don't even want you in this house. So when you're, when I think about these kids who are living in situations where <laughs> that is the case, where they do not get along with their step parents, their step parents do not get along with them. I mean, We've had kids end up in our house, I think, because of that situation, like teenagers that have gotten kicked out of homes because of that situation that have ended up living with us. We have our kids' friends that are living in those situations, and they're trying to figure out, like, but what about me? Where do I fit? And they so badly, you guys, like, they so badly want to be seen, and they want to be heard, and they want to be loved. Like, they so badly want to be your number one priority. Like, they they are like, but... it was me and you. Like I came from you before this person was ever involved. They were never a part of our lives. And now they're a part of our lives. And now I've been left out. And they're going to feel that whether the person that the new person loves them or not. They're, it's just, it's going to be a feeling that they have. But if there's tension, then it's even worse. And it's, so I, I don't know. I mean, I think what I would say in all of that, and I can get pretty passionate and kind of dogmatic about this. But one of the things that Daryl and I talked about at the very beginning was, you know, we said like our marriage comes first. Our marriage was here before we had kids and it because it needs to be here after we have kids. But the other thing I've also told Daryl and all of that is, and anybody who has kids and is married, I think would, I think, I mean, everybody I've talked to has said the same thing. So maybe there's people out there that don't agree. I don't know. But the love that you have for your kids versus the love you have for your spouse is a different kind of love, right? And I mean, I think that's psychological. That's, I mean, I think any psychologist would tell you that. Like, yep, that's true. It's it's a different, right? If one is a romantic love, right? So you have that side of it. And then you have these children that you've birthed, that you created, that you helped create, um, that you've raised since they took their first breath. So, you know, I've always told Daryl, I'm like, if you like, 
I mean, ultimately, yes, you come first, but if you ever did anything to harm our children, like you'd be done, you'd be out, it'd be over. Like I would always choose them in that situation before I would choose you. And I think, like, I think that's how these kids feel is they feel like they're not being chosen. And so what I would say is if that's a situation that you're living in, as a parent, you have to choose your kids. Like you have to, they have to be your biggest priority while they're in your house. Once they're out of your house and they've moved on and they're in college or they're married themselves and have their own kids, I think that situation can change a little bit. Dang it, while they're in your house. Like they need to know that they come before that other person in your house because you, you're the one, you're their parent. That's your responsibility is what I believe. Like it's a responsibility you've been given you chose it probably so to have kids at some point. And yes, it may not have turned out how you all hoped and wished that it would have turned out, but all they want is to be seen and to be loved and be to be known that they matter first and foremost to you. So whatever you can do, I mean, some of the things that like I wrote down is like, you need to show them that you love them. There needs to be that connectedness. You need to have time set aside for them where you're not with your new spouse, where it's like, Nope, not, we're not, I'm not doing this with you tonight. I'm going out with my daughter tonight and we have a weekly date that it is just us and there's nobody else involved, right? Um, we have some family traditions that we had before this new person came into the house and those family traditions are gonna stay the same because these are our family traditions that we have, right? There, I mean, I'm not saying that you need to like look at your new person and say like, you know, you're out because you don't b- believe in these things, but you you have, your kids need to know ultimately that they are loved by you, that they're cared for by you and that you are their top priority. And that, and to be honest, if that relationship between your new significant other and your kids is really super rocky, you've got to do something to try to fix it. I mean, you can't just leave it sit and be rocky because again, you're putting your kids in the crossfire and that irritates the crap out of me. I got put in the crossfire many times and it's not fair and it's not how it should be. And it's not our responsibility as kids. It's not, it's your, you are the adult in the situation. You need to make it work. You need to figure it out, but you need to take your kids out of the crosshairs and you need to make that relationship, whatever you can do to bond that relationship, you need to do it. You need to bond it. You can't let it sit with like, oh, well, too well. You don't like my significant other. Well, they're my person. And that's just too bad for you. Like, think about the damage that you're doing to your kids when you say that, right? Think about what, how they take that in. You're the person who's supposed to love me the most. You're the person I'm supposed to depend on. You're the person I'm always supposed to be, to go back to. Nobody else in this world loves me like my parents do. Oh, but not really, because you're choosing somebody else over me. And that sucks, you guys. Like, I don't know. It's just not, it's, it's a personal thing for me because I understand it and I walked through it, but again, not at the same level that I see some of these kids today walking through it. And it just, it kills me. It kills me the damage that's being done and the impact it's going to have on their future and their future marriages. Like I think about like what they're, what they're walking away with. They're not, I mean, teenagers, it's hard for teenagers to be confident anyways, but what they're walking away with is they're not confident in who they are. They they don't know how to become confident in who they are because they the people who are supposed to love them don't love them well, is I guess what I'm going to say. And maybe you're trying your best 
And again, if you're in a blended family and you're doing your best to make this work, I know there are blended families out there that are. Like you are putting these things into place and you're doing everything in your power and it is still hard. And I'm not saying that there's not gonna be, um, there's not going to be hard stuff and there's not going to be frustrations and irritations. And at points people don't feel loved or people don't feel seen. But if you're like digging in and you're like, okay, I hear you. You said that to me. Like you told me you didn't feel seen in this moment. How can I change it? What can we do? How can we make it better? How do you, what do you need from me or from my new significant other to feel seen and to feel loved? That's completely different, completely different scenario, right? That's you trying and you trying to blend this family together but if you're not even trying and you're basically telling your biological kids too bad, so sad, I've moved on, man, that sucks. Like, and I don't, I hope nobody's okay with that, to be honest. I just, I hope nobody's okay with it. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think we've seen it kind of on two different levels too. Like you, like you're talking about worst case scenario where you have like a step parent that comes right. in and there's like all this tension and you like, you literally hate them because of. I mean, there's going to be animosity, period. Sure. Like, you're not my real dad. At the or, very you're not my beginning, real mom abs- or whatever. always, absolutely. But usually, once you kind of work through those things, that can go away. If, yeah. If the parent is like doing a good job and, you know, mm-hmm. trying, and, and trying, and, to, right. trying to be, you know, <laughs> a good parent at the same time, not, you know, not being overbearing and, and kind of coming in with the, the hammer down, like, I'm going to, I'm going to set rules for you that, you know, your parent doesn't even have, stuff like that. Right. Right. But, so there's the worst case scenario is that situation where they come in and it's horrible, it's terrible, and you you never kind of reach that consensus where it's like you can start a relationship with a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think what is equally bad in my eyes is is what we've seen where it's just kind of a I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's less in your face. I'm telling you, I'm choosing this person over you. And it's more just the underlying current of, mm-hmm. you know, there's this new relationship. And and a lot of times it probably comes with, and then you have a kid with, with those two. Yeah. And now this becomes the little family. And that yeah. little family goes out to dinner and they go out to movies. And as as the biological child gets a little bit older and they're, you know, they have friend groups or they're able to drive and they're mm-hmm. kind of, doing their own thing it's like there's times i think when that person doesn't even get included mm-hmm. like it's just like yeah. no we're gonna go out to the we're gonna go out and see a movie and i'm sure you'll be fine yeah and, and i think i think i see that a lot in just in some of the kids that you know we have at our house and you know kids that we've actually taken in because their their parents were just so focused on mm-hmm. on themselves that they they let them fall through the cracks mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of hear that in your voice when you're saying that, like, you can start to feel like you don't fit into that new yeah. family structure. Yeah, you, yeah, you absolutely feel like that. You just, they have their own little, they have their own little family now. And so it's just like, you just feel lost in the middle. It's like, you're in this middle sea, right? It's like, you know, it's the deep, deep ocean. It's the shore, right? And there's like that middle part where it's like, you can still kind of swim. You can still kind of touch here and there, but it you, it kind of starts to get a little messy. It kind of starts to get a little like, oh, I don't know if I get too much further out, it's going to get really, really bad. It's going to get really, really scary. It's I'm going to kind of lose it all. It You're kind of stuck in that middle of like, where do I belong? Who am I? Who am I a part of anymore? And I think the other piece I want to say in that is then you add in, and this was not my situation for the most part. Thank goodness. My mom did a beautiful job of this. And I've actually seen 
like I've seen other people that are in divorced families do a beautiful job of this, but then you add in if you have parents who are talking bad about the other parent. And that just irritates the crap out of me because again, you're putting the kid in the middle. If you are a divorced, blended family, whatever, man, don't talk bad about your your ex-spouse. Like they're what why? What's the point? Have your opinion. Do it, like have your opinion. Yes, you have your opinion. Things ended for a reason. And at some point you can have those conversations with your kids when they get older. But the minute you start those conversations with your kids and you're talking bad about the other person, you're not asking them to choose. And that's my mom and my dad. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to choose either one of you, right? Yeah, I love both of you. I love both of you. Like, and this, it shouldn't be my fault. It, none of this should be on me. So why are you telling me these things? It gives me this skewed view of the other person. And to be honest, your view is skewed. Like it just is, <laughs> right? There's a reason you got divorced. So there's a skewed view there. Um, so please don't do that. Don't put us in the middle. Don't put kids in the middle of a situation that two adults should be handling. There's there's absolutely, you are two grown adults. It's your job. Handle the situation for your kids. And it can be done. I've watched it be done. I've watched... I mean, there is um, a parent, there's a set of parents that are divorced that have two kids that it, we see because they're involved in sports uh, that are some of our kids play. And they, I mean, you guys, they, they're divorced and they live their separate lives and their kids go back and forth between homes. But this mom and dad sit together in the stands together. You constantly see them talking. They're hugging each other when their kids are doing well on the field. I mean, you can just tell there is mutual love and respect between the two of them, their relationship obviously didn't work. But I mean, I literally heard her say to me the other day, like, oh yeah, he's got my daughter and they go on a date every week and they go do this together. And she's like, it's, I just love that he does that. Like, it's just one of my favorite things that he, he has a date with her every single week. And I'm like, man, how, like, that's so cool. So cool to hear her talk so positively, right. About, about that, about, her ex-husband basically, but Mm -hmm. it's because it's her kid's dad. Like that's their dad, you know? And so you just, you can see the difference. And I know the kids can, not that it's not still hard. I'm not saying that because it sucks to go back and forth. You're still making the best of a difficult situation, but why not try to make the best of it and not just make it worse? Right, right, yeah. Again, taking your kids out of the middle and showing them, that they're what's most important to you and you will do whatever it takes to make their life be as normal and as structured and that they feel like they belong as possible. So, yeah. Oh, sorry guys, but you can tell that it hits home. Um, and to be honest, like, I don't know if I said that, if I said this to you guys before, but this, my, my life and how I grew up was part of the reason that I came into our marriage saying, I'm not going to do that to my kids. Like, I made that choice in my head, I think as a teenager, I was like, dude, this sucks. I hate it. I don't like it. I hate that. I hate what is happening. I hate that. I don't feel like I belong. Like this is not how it should be. And this is not what I want for my own kids. And so like, that's why I came into the marriage saying like, Hey, you need to know up front that I'm not going to do this to my kids. So I don't want to live in an unhappy marriage and I'm not going to do that either, but I am going to do everything in my possession, everything in my power to make sure that my kids don't have to walk through this pain that I had to walk through. And to be honest, you guys, like for me, and I don't know that I've ever even said like this specifically to Daryl, but I, in times when like marriage has gotten super, super hard, like super hard, 
Like literally I've had to go back to that in my brain sometimes and be like, nope, nope, you're not, I'm not, we're not going that path. We're not walking that path. Like, because I'm, we're not doing that to our kids. Like we're not doing that to our kids. Right. And so you dig back into your marriage, you dig back into like, okay, what do we have to do? How do we have to fix this? Because you came like, let's talk about your story for a minute. So I came in saying that to you, like I've lived this life. I don't want to, I don't want that for my kids, but your situation was different than mine. So what was your situation and how did you come in? Yeah. So I came, I mean, when we started having the conversation about divorce, not being an option, I, I was on board with that totally, but not for the same reasons. So I, I didn't live through having a blended family and not feeling, you know, like, like I fit in anywhere, stuff like that, but still went through a period of time where my parents were separated. And so, you know, I kind of got a taste of what that felt like or what that Mm -hmm. meant. And then for, you know, quite a year, a few years, I guess, after, even though they decided to stay together, it wasn't necessarily a, I would say, healthy, loving marriage. It was Mm -hmm. just more staying together for the kids kind of a thing. And so I think I just kind of all, I just attributed it all to the fact that divorce wouldn't be a good option or that it wouldn't be a good thing just because of what I'd seen, you know, even from separation it's like, it wasn't fun Mm -hmm. and I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And so, but you also came in saying like, yes, I agree with you. Divorce isn't an option, but you're, you all, I remember you saying to me, but I'm not going to live in an unhappy marriage either. So like, we're going to have to fix it if it gets bad, because I remember you saying, I'm not going to live like my parents. Like, I don't want that for myself either. Yeah, true. That was probably the, the piece to where, when, when they decided to stay together, but then live the next 10, 12, however many Mm -hmm. years, you know, kind of in, in separate lives. Um, I think that's the piece where I was like, yeah, I don't want to get divorced, but I also don't want to live in separate areas of the house. Like, you know, this is the man cave and you, you live over there because we just, you know, we're just doing this for the kids. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's probably where some of that came from was just this desire to stay married, but at the same time, understanding that you can't let things go. Like you have to, keep fixing things Mm -hmm. in order to to keep it healthy right because it's not it's not any more healthy to stay in a marriage just for the kids but to be so unhappy in your marriage that you you're just living as roommates I mean yeah right I mean the damage that that I mean yeah sure you can say okay well then I didn't have to experience the other side where I was going back and forth and my you know there was blended families and all of that kind of stuff but it's also, it's not fun. I can't imagine to live in a house where you feel like your parents don't even really love each other. Like they're literally doing it because, well, we know it's, we shouldn't get divorced, but we don't want to be together. And we really don't even like each other. We're just living in a house together, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's not, I mean, and I'm sure, I, I think one of the things Daryl and I have realized, and we'll talk about this a little bit, even with our own kids, but him and I have talked about it a lot in his family is we all experience things different and we all see things in a different lens. Even if we've lived through the same experience, right? The, the way we experience and the way we feel things and the way we see things is, it's all different. It's all a different lens. So, you know, Daryl experienced some things and he has some ideas of his childhood and then you'll talk to some of his siblings and they have different thoughts and different ideas and the way that they see it or the way they feel it is is different, you know? But I can, I mean, I can remember you saying that to me. You're like, I'm not... I'm not going to be unhappy in my marriage. I'm not living like that either. So it was like this dual conversation of like, okay, well, we're not getting divorced, 
but we're also not going to live in a marriage that we hate each other either. So we're mm-hmm. going to have to figure our crap out along the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Oh, guys, good, good stuff. Good. <laughs> and that, you know, it's just, I mean, it's life and it's, it's where we're at. Um, and it's, it's just unfortunate that it's kids who get, who get the brunt of it. That's, yeah, I think, from, in the middle. yeah, that's the hardest part for me. Like, oh, it just, it breaks my heart. It kills me. I, you see the impact. Um, yeah, you, you can just, you can look around. I mean, gosh, we just heard another story this week that some kid got kicked out of his house and mom in that, like mom had a new baby and kicked her older son out of her house. And I literally just want to pull my hair out of my head. I'm like, I don't, the, I, I just, I, one, I don't understand it. And two, like the damage that is like my, again, the damage that's being done and my heart breaks in two for these kids. It just breaks, it's, it breaks in two. So uh, that's where I wish I had them. That magic wand we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. We had that if we just had that and could fix all of that. So true, true. Yeah. But there's not just, okay. So we've talked about divorced parents and single parents and blended families, right? Where there's this clear, dis- there, call it dysfunction, but I mean, kind of, there's right? There's obvious reasons why it could be hard. It could be dysfunction, right? It could be hard, right. but there's intact families. And we kind of, we transitioned into that with your family. Your family stayed intact technically, right? Mm -hmm. But issues. So the one of like, well, we're going to stay together for the kids, but we don't like each other and we're going to live in separate bedrooms and we're just going to live our separate lives. There's that. But then what are some other things that other issues that come along with intact families? Yeah. So just be, just because you're in an intact family doesn't mean that mean that everything's perfect and that your kids are, you know, going to turn out perfect and that you're a perfect parent and all that kind of stuff, because intact families are have problems and have issues just like every other family. So, um, you know, there's obviously there's abusive behavior, there's controlling behavior, there's all sorts of things like that, that, um, that can cause issues, you know, not just between the couple, but you know, it impacts the kids too, because they see that, um, you know, addictions, any kind of addiction that would, Uh. would take you out of, the normal, um, ability to function or (laughs) to be a good parent, um, stuff like that. And, you know, that was, I think for us, that was one thing that probably pushed the limits with our thoughts on staying together Our Mm -hmm. our thoughts on divorce, not being an option was I had started drinking and I was drinking every day. And it was to the point where conversations had to be had. And I mean, I'm sure that was one of the pieces that you that made you rethink whether that was still a a thing for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, we had many conversations and many, I mean, it it was still one of those things. I was like, that's not a route I want to take. But again, that's, I think when I said that, like my brain had to go back to like, I'm not going to do this to my kids. So what do we need to do to fix this situation? But again, that goes back to, I couldn't fix it. I, I tried, I tried many, 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 many times. And we had many, many, many conversations. And I think ultimately I was lucky enough that you got to a point that for some reason you had this epiphany at some point that like, if I don't figure this out, she's probably going to walk. And it was probably just over conversations that you and I had had. And you could see, well, I think what you said is I think I thought that it was like me getting more and more frustrated, but I think what you eventually said was actually, it was the opposite of that. 
I had been really, really, really frustrated and had voiced my opinion and we had had many arguments about it. And then I started getting just like, how did you describe it? I, I think it was just that you, not that you gave up, but that you just, you just kind of washed your hands of the whole thing. So yeah. in, in deciding that it, it was just a total change in, in the relationship because I, th- I think I, I felt it and I felt that it wasn't like, it wasn't something that you were trying to fix anymore. You had just realized, well, there's nothing I can do. So he, if he's going to run himself into a hole, that's going to be on him. Mm-hmm. And so maybe just that feeling kind of pushed me over the edge. And I was like, this is crazy. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, addiction is a huge thing. It's, Again, statistics, we should have looked it up, but I think we would all be shocked if we looked up to see like how many people deal with addiction issues, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's a lot of times I don't think most people walk into a marriage and that's what's happening. It just, it's alcohol addiction. It could be drug addiction. It could be pain medication addiction. I mean, there's just right, like Mm -hmm. all of those types of things. And so, yeah, I mean, those, those are issues in intact families that impact kids and well, there's I mean there's pornography there's yeah, gambling there's yeah. I mean there's just so many things. all sorts of things that you can be addicted to yeah. so yeah obviously Absolutely. that just bleeds into the marriage it bleeds into your your parenting all that stuff so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely all right well oh. let's let's skip through to the third section um, which is what we learned from our kids and really, like when we sat down and did this whole ruthless parenting mm-hmm. assessment last week, actually it was quite a while ago, but it was last <laughs> week on the podcast. Remember, our <laughs> children, two of them are not here and haven't been for a couple of months. So yeah. Yeah. So we obviously um, heard some things. We asked them, we just told them to be honest, just be truthful with us. Like we're gonna, we're gonna walk through the episodes and the things that we talked about, the things that we said were important as parents <laughs> to be, to be parents and, um, just be honest, tell us, tell us what we did well, tell us what we didn't do well. So, um, yeah. So what are, what are some things that came up from the conversation that you remember? Yeah, it was, my kids are, our kids are my favorite. I just have to say that <laughs> they're, they're just my favorite man alive. Do I love them? Like, yeah. So, but I mean, there was def- definitely things that we missed. So we asked, what did we miss? What did we do? Well, right. Kind of what Daryl said. Um, I think for, uh, Tyler, like his big thing was, he's like, I don't have a clue how to set things up. I don't have a clue if I get a new phone, how to like make it so that all my contacts don't just go away. You know, he's like, I have my friends that they're like, Oh, who is this again? Because I lost all my contacts when I got a new phone. But Daryl has always done all of that and he's very particular about it and he knows how to do it to make sure. And, you know, Ty's like, I don't know how to set up my computer. I don't know how to set up a new TV. Like, I don't like those were, you know, I don't know how to build things. He's like, I, I've just never done any of that stuff. So those were things for us that we were like, oh, yeah, that that's interesting. Like, those are things we didn't we didn't touch with him. We just did on our own. Uh, right. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is just. I mean, I don't know if it's just because I liked it. I mean, I, I like the electronic stuff. I like setting that kind of stuff up. But then there's also that whole thing where I, where you're like a you're a little too over controlling because it's like I'm gonna do it right. Perfectionist. And, and you're you, you probably mean you might be a perfectionist. Is that what I hear you no, say? I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. But 
And I the mean, other thing that came out of that that we said to them was it's because it's easier. I mean, let's be honest. It's easier for you to do it, right? Yeah, when when there's a thousand things to do. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I can grab it and do it real fast so that it gets done and then we can move on to other things. Yeah. So So that was that for Tyler. Allie and Rachel both said things about cars. So like changing how to I don't know how to change a tire. I don't know where to go to get my oil changed. I don't know how to renew my license plates. I don't I don't know how to like how do you haggle to buy a car? What does it mean? Like so Again, all things that we've just always taken care of. And it's funny, we've also taken care of the same things for Tyler. Tyler has never really done any of those things, but he just intrinsically, because of some friends he was hanging out with for a while, got interested in cars. So because of that, I think he watches YouTube videos and and Insta, like he's all involved in all the car stuff. And so he'll watch things about how do you do this on a car? How do you change this part out in a car? So he feels, I think, a little more comfortable. When Ali said like, oh yeah, I don't know how to change a tire. He's like, just call me. I can change your tire for you. Like, you know, so it's been funny that we didn't teach him those things either. But I mean, you're now starting to do some of that with him. So you're now sitting down with him and being like, hey, let's do this together on this car. But it's not something we ever did up until this point with him either. Yeah, I think I think some of that probably just goes back to the whole, um, you know, like having traditional like this traditional gender stereotypes or Mm -hmm. something like it's Mm -hmm. just, oh, it's I'm a guy. It's just what I'm supposed to do. I'll just knock it out so that the family doesn't have to do it or whatever. Not that I liked working on cars ever to begin with. I mean, it's, no, it's, never, been, don't. it's never been one of my things, but obviously if, if there was a flat tire, I would change it, you know? And so, yeah. 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 So the, the girls, you know, I mean, we, we obviously taught all three of them how to drive. And I feel like while we were teaching them to drive, we were showing them things that came to our head. Like, yeah, you should probably know how to turn the air on and, things like that but it's but it's funny the kinds of things that you forget to tell them and then it comes back later like you know and you're like oh yeah I guess I should have told you that Mm -hmm. that's pretty that's common knowledge but obviously you didn't know that yeah yeah and you're like and then you start to think back like where did I pick that up at like did my parents tell me or did I just learn it along the way or do we just learn things the hard way I don't know yeah yeah Yeah. like one of our kids would would sit in the car and turn the air on (laughs) without the car actually running right wouldn't have the engine running would just turn it like the one click or whatever right and wonder why it was it'll just never get cold it's like well you have to turn the car on Uh well you never told me that (laughs) you're right I didn't I guess I just assumed you know or one of them I think did that and then like kind of started to run the battery a little dead and then went to try to like turn it on like full turn it on and it wouldn't start right and was like freaking out like I don't and we're like well what what were you doing beforehand like you start to ask the questions well I was sitting in my car for 30 minutes and just had the radio and stuff on and had the air running but not didn't have it all on we're like okay kid like you can't do that you know so (laughs) yeah so it was that kind of stuff with cars for Allie it was cooking too so she brought up I think Allie and Rachel both brought up uh, the fact that we, and that's on me because I'm the one who cooks the majority of our meals. And again, for me, it literally was just, it was a couple of things. It was, it's easier for me to just do it, especially cooking like dinner, because most of the time I've been working or there's been a lot going on during the day. And I'm like, I just got to get it done. Right. Um, The funny thing though, again, Tyler, like he had an interest in baking and stuff when he was younger. And so he did a lot of that with me. 
that kind of stuff I don't, like that kind of stuff I would do with anybody because when I bake, it's normally not under a timeline that I'm normally doing it. It's kind of something I'm doing in my free time. But mm-hmm. so, you know, it was just more for them of like, you didn't teach us, like, I don't really know how to make anything besides the basics. I mean, Allie was like, I can read a recipe, but like other than that, but I told them, like, the funny thing is, is it was the same for me. So I don't, my mom never really taught me how to cook either, but I just started finding recipes and following recipes and doing it that way. And then kind of figuring out like, and now I just do more like Daryl gets so frustrated with me sometimes because he'll be like, well, how much of this goes in there? I'm like, I don't know, just a couple, I don't know, just put a couple shakes in. So, uh, he's a little more methodical than me and some of that kind of stuff. (laughs) That's what recipes are for. (laughs) So, so it was that for them. And then Allie also talked about just adulting in general, you know, that we missed the mark on, you know, insurance, um, negotiating, buying homes and cars. Uh, how do you do your taxes? How do you, how do you buy a house? How do you set up your water bill and your electric bill? She's like, how do I like adult is kind of what she said. And we all laughed mm-hmm. about it, but it is, again, it's so very true. It's just things that we've done. We've checked off. I mean, I, I told her this year, I'm like, we're going to do, you're going to do your taxes this year. It's super easy. And I've only done her taxes two years and I just did it again because it was like, it's easy. I can do this in five minutes. So let's just get it done. So for me, it totally was a, it makes my life easier. It's faster. It's quicker, but it's not, it's not helping them learn the process. Right. So yeah, we definitely have a list of things that now we're like, okay, well, guess what you get to do? You now get to take care of this with my help, right? Going back to our stages of like, I'm going to help you do it a couple of times and then you're going to do it. And then eventually it's going to all be you girl. So, or boy. So, so yeah, so those are some things they said that ways that we failed and prep to launch, but then we also asked. Yeah. Like, really the, really the last section was yeah. us asking them what we, where we failed or where, where we could have done better. How we could I have guess. been better parents. Right. Yeah. And so what were some of those things that you remember the kids saying? Ugh. So, so Tyler, Tyler really had an issue with screen time. Apparently, Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, I'll be but, interested to know. ask him again in like three or four years and see if he would still say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think we even talked about it while we were interviewing them or, or having our little group discussion because, you know, it was one of those technologies that wasn't around with the girls and it just had mm-hmm. kind of started to be a thing when when he turned 14 15 16 or whatever it was and so yeah he just was not happy he he feels like it should be turned off much sooner like even in middle school and basically Mm -hmm. just turned over so so that's a i mean that's something that can be debated yeah because because rachel debated him on it yeah, because Rachel was like, yeah, I think it would have been helpful for me to have screen time when I was in middle <laughs> yeah. school. So I mean, she said um, she said up until sophomore year. Yeah, I think she said like after sophomore year, it needs to be completely done. But her, she was even like up till sophomore year. It needs to yeah. be on there. So, right. That's why I say it'll be interesting to ask Ty in a few years. I think he's just still in the thick of it and just still feel like he can. It's, it's just, just too frustration. Yeah, of it's too things, frustrating. Things being controls being put on me yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, but then the other big thing with him was, you know, when when we moved to California, he he felt like we really didn't include them in the conversations, other than us, you know, just keeping them in the loop about here's what we're doing and when mm-hmm. we're doing it, mm-hmm. but not really incorporating them into the into the conversation about moving. So yeah, yep, that's his things for sure. And then Rach was she kind of said we could have been better by having even more conversations and being more transparent 
um, uh, so being more transparent in general and specifically about like what we did when we were kids and what our life was like. And, you know, they, they know the basics of our stories, but not the like, sit down and what do you want to ask? What, what questions do you have? Do you want to know how it made me feel? Do you want to know certain situations? Um, so that was, you know, for her, I think she wanted us to be more transparent about that. And then this was really interesting. And so it's, again, it's just, you realize how smart your kids are and how like thoughtful they are. But one of the things she said was, uh, that we failed in like the pros and cons, giving the pros and cons of things versus just the cons that when we were going through things with her or with them, that we would be like, here's all the reasons why you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. But maybe here's some of the things to think about, like ways it could turn out good, right? That we focused more on the negative. I mean, that's basically what she's saying, that we focused more on the cons of things and why you shouldn't and why it would be bad and what all the awful things were. And I'm probably like exaggerating a little, but no, I think you know. that was, I think she even threw out the, the example of drinking, like underage mm -hmm. drinking or yeah. something like that. Like, well, yeah, you told us all the cons, but what about the pros? Weren't there some pros? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. as a parent, you don't ever think about that. You, you know, you just think about the, the rules and right. the, like what's best for them. And so you, that tends to be like, this is why you don't do it because right. these are the, mm -hmm. these are the negatives. These mm -hmm. are the dangers. These are the cons. Yeah. Um, it's all the don't do, don't do, don't do right. Don't do because don't do because don't do because you know, it's that over and over and over. Right. So I, I think she was hoping like in a conversation about alcohol that we would say, well, there is, there is a positive to it. Like there is like, obviously there was a reason why we wanted to do it mm -hmm. and just being honest about that. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, there are some, dangers and there's some mm -hmm. things you know it's it's illegal into 21 into mm -hmm. 21 so but just kind of being a little bit more uh I don't just know. open and honest I think and just telling I think it was just telling you know so mom and dad did you drink before you were 21 right you know oh you did well why why did you what what were the pros to you deciding to do that you know because obviously I mean we can look back on it and be like yeah, it wasn't the best thing, but I mean, it didn't end up being a horrible thing for either one of us, right? But you don't want to tell them that. You don't want to be no, like, well, it turned no. out to be okay. I mean, <laughs> you want to tell them like, but this could have happened, you know, because you're trying to steer them, trying to steer them the complete opposite direction. So, right. yeah. What about Allie? What did Allie say to us? Well, before I get into Allie, oh. I was, I was just going to say too that it's it's funny that Rachel is the one who brings up this whole thing about transparency and stuff like that. And it's funny because I'll actually get into a lot more detail with this either next week or the week after, because I'm going to do a, an episode on secrecy and how secrets in the home, you know, can lead to problems and stuff like that. But yeah, that'll be an interesting conversation that I'll get pretty passionate about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Allie brought up two things. First of all, she was pretty irritated on us, uh, irritated with us. Um, how old was she when that whole thing happened with the, Oh, the whole us getting involved in a social media situation going that to happened school and, and bringing up the fact it was that bullying high. was going on. It was junior, junior high. high. I don't remember yeah. where, like what grade, maybe seventh grade, maybe seventh grade in junior high. I can't remember for yeah. sure. The junior high. Yeah. So she was really frustrated with us about that. And but it's interesting, like you said, there's so many different personalities that kids have and her personality and how independent she is definitely, it, it's obvious why she felt that way versus, mm -hmm. I don't know if, if Rachel would have felt the same way because she isn't quite as independent. And, mm -hmm. 
don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. But that whole situation just kind of called into question the whole helicopter parenting thing and, mm-hmm. you know, whether we were just trying to jump in and save her or fix something for her. And she's like, I didn't need your help. Yeah, I so could have taken was, care of it by myself. I didn't, I was fine, even though the boy was saying mean things and doing those things. I was fine. I was fine. I understood why he was doing it because he was mad at me and it was stupid that he was doing it. So, you know, and you're like, okay, well, that's great. But at the same time, so yeah, she, she wasn't so happy that we did that. Yeah. And then the the other thing she brought up was religion, just that we literally didn't talk about religion or that we didn't maybe talk about our faith as much as, as she expected, or she, she thought it would be more that we should have done that more often. So yeah, but but interesting. Was it her? Or was it Rach? Or did they both kind of say like that they wanted more conversation? Or maybe it was Tyler, now that I'm thinking about this, that was like, but they also wanted to know more about different religions too. Like they wanted, they wanted there to be what the feeling I got or what I took away from it was they wanted there to be an open-ended conversation about, okay, here's what we believe. Here's our thoughts and our ideas and why we believe what we believe. But what do other people believe? You know, what else is there out there? So they wanted the conversation, but they didn't want it forced and they didn't like want it to be exclusive. You know, it was like, well, don't just tell me about this and don't just push me in this direction. You know, open my eyes. Let me see. Let me make so that I can make some choices down the line. That's kind of what I remember. Is that what you kind of. Yeah. And I think I think some of that could be moving to California, too, because, you know, we were kind of in a little Christian bubble Mm -hmm. in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. And so that was all they heard. That's all they heard at church. It's what they heard from us. And, you know, we moved to California and the the diversity here is much greater. And so they go to school with people all from all over the country, Mm -hmm. all over the world. Um, And so, you know, they have friends who are who don't even know what Christianity is. Mm -hmm. And so they had to learn really quickly that, oh, there's other things out there. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. my guess is that they probably just felt unprepared to even have conversations because... They, they didn't hear yeah, they didn't know that any that existed and, even. So. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they definitely found that they weren't short on answers. They had yeah. they had things. But, but the beautiful thing about all three of them is even though they had things, and there should be things. We were not perfect, you guys. Like, we for sure have learned lessons along the way. But even though they all had things, they also all were able to say like, but we could understand or we could see why, or we could like, you know, it was also filled with grace and filled with like, but we think you guys still were trying to do your best, you know? So that was just like, I don't know. I just, again, walked away from that whole conversation with them. And it was just like, man, these, these kids, <laughs> they're, I, I don't, they're pretty amazing. And it's them. Like it's, it's, I mean, they're two of them are adults now, like, and one is almost there and they've just, yeah, they've grown into pretty amazing people. So, but here's one thing that they, you didn't put this in here, but it just, it hit me. I don't know. It just hit me, I think, because I, I see situations where uh, parents don't, they, they don't, they don't think the same way. And I just, I think it can be harmful. One of the things one of them talked about was respect. And the fact that the reason that they feel like they like to be around each other and they like to be around us and we they like to be together as a family is because there's mutual respect in the household. There's mutual respect between you and I. We respect each other. There's mutual respect between us and the kids. We respect them and they have respect for each other and they have respect for us. But I think it was Rach who said, 
she said, but one of the things that is important and that you guys showed us is that respect isn't just given, it's earned. And just because just because you're my parent doesn't mean that I automatically respect you, that that's not how it works. It doesn't work that that in any other part of your life, right? But a lot of parents, I think, just think, well, I, you're my kid, you're going to respect me. Yeah. You know, and they just assume that. And then when their kid doesn't, they're all pissed and mad and irritated. And it's like, why, why do you think that? Like, just because you've been there since they were born, like, there, it has to be a mutual thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that just like hit me again, even more that our kids, like, I mean, I believe that, but to hear your kids say that it's like, okay, like it really, like it, it really is true. It, it really is what we thought, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, the last section that we have is just called be encouraged and that it really is just that. I mean, we just hope that you were encouraged by the series, that you found things that you've resonated with, that you learn new things that you can take and use, you know, as parents, if you have kids, that sort of thing. And that's really it. Yeah. I mean, I think all I would say in that is you guys, parenting is hard. It's, uh, what do I tell people all the time? I always say it's not for the faint of heart. It's it's some of the hardest things you'll walk through. It's some of the most challenging times that you'll have. Uh, it's also some of the most joy-filled and fun and amazing times that you have. But here's just hear me say that like your kids were meant to be with you. You're the perfect parent for them. Yes, we all make mistakes and we all fail and we can all do better. And, you know, we can look back on yesterday or last week or last month and be like, man, I screwed that up. But if we're working to be the best version of ourselves all the time and we're trying to make ourselves better and we're growing in who we are and always looking, looking forward, but also looking back, right? And realizing like, what could I have done different? How could I have handled the situation? And apologizing. I don't know that we even talked about this, but I am huge on apologizing to your kids. When you screw it up, tell them you screwed it up and ask for their forgiveness. Um, But apologizing and then also having a forgiving spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And and showing both of those things to your kids. Yeah, absolutely. But you guys like you were created to be your kids' parents. It's not a mistake that your mom or your dad or your uh, the bonus mom in this situation or your grandma or your grandpa, uh, that was all planned and it's all for a reason and for a purpose. And so just keep the course, keep moving forward, keep loving them well and loving yourself well. Take care of yourself. Uh, I'm a big believer in that you can't, you, if you can't take care of yourself well, you can't be the best parent that you want to be, the best spouse that you want to be, the best aunt or uncle or whatever it is that you want to be. So but yeah, th- these kids need you. They need you in their lives. And uh, they just want they want to know that you care about them and that you love them and that you're in their corner. And that no matter what life brings their way, that you're still going to be that one person standing there saying, I see you. I have you. I love you. Let's walk this path together. So. Yeah. All right. You good? I'm good. Good. All right. I'm good. This is it, guys. No, no. Okay. So it's not it. It's it for the parenting series. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. So officially, I think we can officially say that the this is transcendent done. parenting is over. It's right? over. This is it. It's done. We're done. We're done. Good. 
Okay. I'm not going to walk. Daryl's like, <laughs> what he's really asking is like, you're not going to walk away. I'm not going to hit end. And you're going to be like, oh, but crap, we missed this. So. No, I'm sure no. there are things that we missed. And yeah, you know, absolutely. Ho- hopefully we covered some of that in this episode. But yeah, I think it's a wrap on the parenting series. So I'm still going to try to get you back on other episodes. So yeah. there is that. Yeah. Um, so look for, I'll be back. I have some passions, you guys. I have some passions that I can, (laughs) that I can talk about. And, you know, we started, Um, we told you a little bit about, we were starting down, um, foster care journey. So we'll probably be back to talk a little bit about that some more. Uh, yeah. Some interesting conversations around that for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's it. No questions this week. Um, next week we're going to be back into our original programming so i'll have a topic and we'll walk through that um but for now that's it on the parenting so have a great week and as always keep transcending human For more information on Transcend Human or the Transcend Human podcast, visit us at transcendhuman.com. There you'll find all of the podcast episodes along with the show notes. You'll find blog posts and other resources that will be helpful to you. You can also find our social media links there, and you can contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. And finally, we would love it if you would share the podcast with friends and family. Uh, If you do have an extra minute, stop by Apple Podcasts and uh, leave us a rating and a review. That always helps to boost us in the rankings and ensure that more people find us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next week.